Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. I'm so excited for you to listen to this week's episode where I'm joined by Lindsay Amico, a mindset coach extraordinaire. And I love this episode, not just because of the content that she's providing uh, the listeners, but I love this because it ties so many of the things that we've been chatting about together over the last couple of weeks, be it consistency, accountability, dedication, and awareness, that, that key component of awareness. And so I love this because she just did such a beautiful job flawlessly bringing this all together in a very tangible and relatable way. And I am so excited for you to hear what she has to say this week. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Bolder. We're continuing down our pathway here of, you know, mindset and taking personal accountability for our actions and owning it and being hella consistent in trying to achieve our everyday goal. And all of those things are incredibly important. And as I thought about some, you know, folks to invite onto this show to say like, hey, it's not just me telling you this, it's let's talk to some experts. Uh, I, you know, was connected with Lindsay Amico, who is a mindset coach and works in this space every single day. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with her and have you listen in or watch, you know, the video to see uh, what we have to talk about here with regards to this. So Lindsay, I'm never going to do your intro justice. So why don't you tell the listeners out there a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. So I it's kind of a long rabbit hole, but basically I've always been an anxious person, I think from the moment I was born. And so I've dealt with this for much of my life. And of course we get into the things that we need. We're drawn into learning about how can I resolve this issue for myself? And then once you start to learn these tools, whether it's mindset, thought management, energy healing, spirituality, which is kind of the combination mm -hmm. that I focus on, once you learn that and see the results for yourself, it's like, I just want to help everyone else with this. So I was working in the nonprofit field. I was working at Roswell Park and I loved my job, but I was drawn into coaching for some reason that that intuitive knowing was pulling me in that direction. I was like, what is this? I've never even really heard of coaching before. I got certified as a health coach. I'm like, this is interesting. This is interesting. And then I got certified as a life coach. And then I just kept going down the mindset rabbit hole. I worked with Gabby Bernstein around spirituality. And it was just this layer on layer where it's like, I just kept evolving and learning more. So I'm like, okay, I love this. I want to do this full time. But I was like, universe, how am I supposed to leave this job? It's a great job. I love it. It's benefits, you know, the scary part where you're like, Ability. I, yeah. I think I want to go out on my own. What am I doing? And we didn't get our grant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the universe was like, yes, your intuition is right, mm -hmm. but your rational mind is fighting this. Cause it's like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, you kind of follow the steps, but you're like, how am I supposed to make it work? 
And I told my husband, I was like, I really want to go full time. I want to start my own business. And he was petrified. But then he was like, you know what? You have to dive in head first. You can't have one toe in the water to make this successful. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. So in June of 2019, which was pretty close to the start of the impending pandemic, I went full time and I've been doing it ever since. And so essentially I help folks to bring awareness to frantic energy, anxiety, stress, navigate that through the tools that I have to tap them back into their intuition and their power so they can become the fullest expression of themselves in this world. Awesome. Well, I love it. And so we're going to kind of pick some of those things apart here today because I really want to get into helping people understand being aware, whether it's in a workplace or it's, you know, as you're approaching thinking about a new business, we have a lot of entrepreneurial listeners and folks uh, thinking about taking the leap you know, what do we need to think about there? But I think step one sometimes is cleaning up our own house. And so can you talk a little bit about your pathway of, you know, hey, I'm, I was I, I was a really anxious person and I had to take some steps to walk through that. What did that look like for you? I mean, the journey, what I will say is the journey is not really linear as much as we want it to be. It's like we take steps and we start to figure something out like, oh, this particular practice is working for me. Like maybe we start by seeing a therapist and then we make a little bit of progress and then we read a particular book and then that helps us as well. But it's a struggle sometimes because you're the one in the midst of the journey. So someone else can come in and kind of see what you're going through. But when you're experiencing it as yourself, it's kind of difficult to separate yourself from the emotions. So the first thing I always tell people is start by bringing awareness in to what is currently going on. First of all, with your thoughts, we identify with our thoughts, but we are not our thoughts. So if I can start to bring awareness into the thinking that I'm doing every single day, we have 60,000 thoughts a day, about 90% of them are repetitive which is insane. If I start to recognize that and I start to understand some of the beliefs that have been created from those thoughts, I get a really good understanding of why certain things have been playing out in my external reality. So if I'm like, I think I want to go out and have my own business. We're looking at that as the solution, which I love it. And we can certainly talk about that more, but we're kind of like, oh, when I get there, that will be the solution. But there's a lot of other things that go with that. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just as much struggle in that as there is in working for someone you don't like, right? It's just different struggle. Mm -hmm. 100%. So first step is awareness in not only my external reality of what I like or what I don't like, but also what is the current internal dialogue? Mm -hmm. And then compassion, because the second we start to recognize that, we get really hard on ourselves. Yeah, I I agree. And then it's one of those things like thinking about being, you know, you're having those thoughts and you're thinking, man, like, okay, like I probably have to change some of this. And maybe we're good at that for a couple of days. 
And then it's really easy to fall into old habits and old patterns. Like that's just what people do. That's what people like. That's why people have struggled so much through COVID because we had a life that looked a certain way and then it wasn't that way, but people wanted to get back to that way. So what do you tell people about consistency in terms of, you know, self-awareness, you know, making progress on yourself. How do you think about that? That's such a good question. And I find myself falling back into old patterns all of the time, which is why same girl, same, same. Yes. <laughs> you're like, wait, I thought I resolved. This. <laughs> I thought I figured out the workout. I thought I figured out my mindset. Um, it's, the brain is fascinating. So you have spent most of your life building habits. Mm-hmm. Those habits are going to come back up. They just are. That's where awareness is key. So let's say you start a health journey. You have to start to bring awareness into the habits, into the actions you're taking day by day. If you say every single day, I'm going to do a 10 minute workout. And then you start to see the challenges. You start to see the excuses that your brain is going to come up with. You start to see, oh, okay, I'm, oh, where are my workout clothes? I don't have time for this today. This isn't going to be a good enough workout. I am a chronic overthinker and overthinking does not lead to action. So that's where the awareness comes in because the habits will still come back. But when we have awareness and we start to not only have compassion for those habits because they're not us, but we just start to recognize them, that's where the power of change comes in. Because so often we say, well, I'm just not good enough. I'm never going to figure this out. And that's not going to lead you to the result you want. But if you can start to have compassion for, here's one of the challenges I face. Here's an old habit that I have. Here's why I have it. Here's why I care about changing it and those inches. Mm -hmm. It's not an overnight change. We all want the instant fix. And this is like working out every time you shift and recognize it's a bicep curl in the mind. You shift that challenge. You overcome that challenge. It doesn't happen every day, but I think it's the perfectionism. Mm. It's yeah. perfectionists. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, right? And and one of the things I try to tell people a lot of times, they're like, well, how do I, how do I get started? How do I, you know, people ask me about, about working out or about, hey, how do I get started on my business or how do I do A or B or C? And I think what people forget about is like, it is that mindset. We have to break those habits and those patterns. So, you know, there's out there, the, the body keeps score, right? So, and, and basically it talks, some of it talks about like how our brains are wired effectively to not only have these habits, right. But then to, we almost crave the habits. So it's like very hard to, to change those gears and, and become consistent doing something else and to sort of crack that old habit in half and move it off to the side, not impossible, but you know, it just takes dedication at the end of the day. Right. And you don't necessarily need motivation a lot of times, but you do need dedication to stay consistent with it, right? Because right. I think a lot of people, they, to your point, they they want these big sweeping changes. They want them super fast. It's like why weight loss fails for 95% of people, right? Because they think, oh, well, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in a week because I worked really hard. No, you're going to lose 10 pounds in two months. 
and it's not going to be like uber noticeable at first, right? But after you look back and you took consistent, dedicated action every single day, you look back and go, oh man, the glacier did move, right? Like I did lose some weight. I did do whatever, but the consistency is really hard. And I try to ask people, if you just get into like the top, you're in the top 25% of humans, right? If you can just be consistent every day, you're not even like really good. You're just consistent. The turtle didn't win. The turtle won because it was consistent, not because it was fast or whatever. It just kept moving forward, right? And I think that's the same thing with change and mindset. Um, but man, people struggle with it. So. Yes, I do too, because my inner critic, so it's that ego reptilian part of our brain that seeks to keep us safe. Yeah. So I actually have a habit tracker right here. I can actually grab it. This is what I did for January. So you can see it if you're watching the video, but you can see on my habit tracker. So basically every day I have a habit, I color it in if I get the habit done. Now you could see if you're watching this video right now, my habit tracker is not fully colored in. There are blank spots within the habit tracker. My inner critic, I've worked out 25 times out of the 31 days in January. Huge for me. Not every day was a super hard workout, but that's okay. But my inner critic, if I didn't have that piece of paper showing me which days Mm -hmm. I showed up for myself, my inner critic would say, not good enough. You didn't show up enough. Um, You definitely didn't succeed at this habit because my brain will find evidence for the ways that I didn't do well enough. It will find evidence for the problems. That's how our brain is actually supposed to function. Find the problem and find a resolution, project into the future or project into the past. So I would say if you're looking for consistency, start small, start with the habit change and get a goal tracker and make it visual for yourself so you can actually see how you showed up. Right. Right. I mean, it's why the little like gold stars work for kids. If we take it down really simply, right? Like you can see every day. You got the thing every day you pottied on the toilet, (laughs) you know, here's a gold star. Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, and as adults, we're not that much different than that. And I think people forget that. So that's a great tip about visualizing the habits and, and truly like starting small, we don't have to make universal sweeping changes and truthfully habits tend to stick better when we do start small, because we're not making this like fundamental paradigm shift. We're slowly moving into a new us. So yes. part of that yeah. has with awareness. <laughs> yes. And to your point though, we're all looking for instant gratification. So for working out, we're like, we want the weight loss. We want to see changes in the mirror. And that's where it gets tricky because there's so many different factors that go into yeah. that. So the mind will see what it sees and say, not good enough. This is not working. Why are you even bothering with this? So it's finding the deeper why too. It's finding Mm -hmm. the deeper why for, I feel good when I move my body. This isn't necessarily for weight loss because that's a whole other topic we could get into, but weight loss industry. Another episode. (laughs) Whole other episode. (laughs) Like insane. But We have to find the deeper reason for why we want to do something. We have to find, I am becoming this person who works out. I am someone who works out 
because that is a part of my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that's what I love. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, I get on the treadmill every day because I have to, because I want to lose 10 pounds because that is not going to sustain your motivation. No. Motivation is waning. Yep. Dedication though does stick with it. So consistency and dedication, incredibly, incredibly important. Now let's switch to awareness a little bit. Um, You know, I know you and I were chatting before the episode and we were talking a little bit about awareness. And some of this is awareness of our habits and some of it's just awareness of how we interact with others. So how do you work with folks about becoming self-aware? Because you know, you shared a statistic, something insane, like 85% of the people in the workforce are blissfully unaware of how they come yes. off or interact with other human beings. And that means like for the 15% of people who are aware, <laughs> that's like a very frustrating undertaking. So how about you dive into that a little bit and how do you work with people on, on things like that? Sure. I mean, that is very complicated because so basically I highly recommend the book Insight. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on, I think her name is Dr. Yurik. I'm blanking on her first name, but she talks all about self-awareness. She has incredible information and research around self-awareness, but basically she talks about how there's internal and external self-awareness. Internal is how we know how we tend to function our thoughts, feelings, actions, how we come out and interact with folks, right? You kind of know, okay, I have these tendencies. I have these feelings. I'm a more emotional person or I'm a people pleaser. You know, you have that internal self-awareness. The external self-awareness is how you understand how you come across to others, how others perceive you. So it's this combination of the two. And it's fascinating because she talks about how you can have one and not the other. And there's not really a link to both of them. And she has this whole chart, whether you're a pleaser or a seeker, could get into a lot of the nitty gritty, but essentially self-awareness is like the meta skill of the 21st century because productivity wanes on a team when you have a leader who's not self-aware. Being able to resolve conflicts is a huge issue. And then you're coming across as potentially, you know, not understanding your team, not having have compassion. And when you're working with or for someone like that, you're Mm going to leave. That's incredibly demoralizing. It's so difficult to work with folks who do not have empathy, who do not have a deeper understanding for what you're going through. And I think we're coming into this place in society where it's taken a long time, but I think especially with the pandemic, we're not robots. We're Mm -hmm. human beings that really require a deeper understanding, compassion, cooperation. So the first step is really, are you someone that's nudgeable? If you're not self-aware, let's take a quiz. Let's see where you're at on that quiz. And nudgeable means, are you willing to acknowledge your faults or where you're falling short of being self-aware? And then it's about bringing awareness into that. Mm -hmm. The first step to anything is awareness, because if you don't recognize the problem, how can you change it? True. 
So it's yeah. a journey. And a lot of people do not want to change. I'm sure you run into people like that all the time where they're like, there's nothing wrong with me. Every day. Every day of my existence is that. <laughs> Especially in your field, right? It's oh my gosh, yeah. Um, it's 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 no one's ever, you know, got they're not the problem. It's everyone else around them and um, you know, it's everyone else's fault. And you know, what that kind of came to me. So, you know, I've mentioned in episodes past that I do like a wintering, you know, annually and I sit down and I think about a lot of things and I was getting really frustrated with a lot of people in, in my space, because I was like, man, it feels like, you know, everybody's looking for a scapegoat. Like everybody's looking to point the fingers somewhere else. And what that came down to, I mean, part of that is awareness, but part of it's also just personal accountability. And I think lots of folks these days just don't want to take personal accountability for the things that they did wrong, or they didn't take across the finish line, or it's always someone else's fault. And, um, that becomes a real challenging thing for folks who are hyper accountable. Like maybe, I mean, look, I grew up Catholic. I'm, I take accountability for everything. Okay. Like <laughs> things I like, it's, my fault. it's my fault. It's my fault. I'll carry the guilt. Like it's me. <laughs> You're like, please blame me. It's me. <laughs> so, how, you know, in terms of awareness, like how do you then start to get people to, if it's even possible, start to take, get them to take accountability for the things that, Oh they can in fact change that if it's them, like, how do you talk to them about that? Cause that's not easy. Like, Hey, you're the problem. <laughs> I, I think that is such an amazing question. And I think what I would start with is showing them their external results. So maybe this is their team. They constantly have turnover. Maybe this is constant conflicts. Maybe this is never hitting the sales goal for their team, whatever it is. And they might be the leader or they might be the person on the team, but you're right. And it's a vic many people have a victim mentality. Many people will say finger pointing and you have to just start to show them, do you see how this cycle is happening over and over again in your life? Mm -hmm. What I like to point out is we don't have control in a lot of areas in our life we, that's why human beings have anxiety. That's, we strive to find control where we can. So it's like the only thing we can really control is ourselves. So if you point that out and say, you really can't control anyone else around you, but you can control yourself. So let's start there. Even if what everything you're saying is right, like it's their fault, they didn't send the contract or it's your fault that, you know, there was a miscommunication X, Y, and Z. What starts to happen when you take more accountability for your behavior? What starts to happen when you start to say, you know what, there is a possibility that I could improve upon that. And I think why there's so much resistance, it's because people take things so personally. It's very difficult in terms of feedback for people to take constructive feedback because mm -hmm. they take it to say, I am not good enough. And I think that's where the real deeper emotional work has to be done. And unless someone is really willing to do that work, and that's why I say like nudgeable versus she has categories where she discusses in her book, but there's nudgeable versus the lost cause. Oh. You have to decide where you want to put your energy and focus. If someone is truly not willing to evolve, maybe they're older, 
maybe they're just incredibly stubborn, whatever it is, you have to be the one that wants to ignite change. No one else can really do that for you. Maybe it takes getting fired a few times. Maybe it takes a separation or a divorce in your life, but we're all on our own journey to say, when is the tipping point where I'm actually willing to create this change? Yeah. And I just wish more people would realize that. Right. And and you're right. It, it, I think people do, they don't want to take personal accountability sometimes because maybe they have to hear things that they don't want to hear or confront things that they don't want to confront. And they take it really, really personally. And I just, especially in the work world. Yes. I mean, working is it's relationships, but especially in the working world, like some people are going to say things to you and you just kind of, you know, one time way back in the day, someone told me I need to be more like a turtle, right? Like hard on the outside, but a little softer on the inside to be able to internalize things. But like, you don't let those, those things rock you, you know, mm. you're just, you take it in and you say like, okay, like, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm just going to internalize it and see like, what can I do with that information? And, you know, sometimes people are going to give you great constructive criticism and then you Absolutely. have to, also, but also sometimes you have to be aware when someone's just giving you criticism and yeah. those are very different things. And that the latter one is a them problem and not a you problem. <laughs> and, you know, being able to have the skill to discern those things, I think is also, um, yeah, it is because I think people are naturally sensitive. Like, look, I don't like when people tell me like, Lindsay, I don't like the way that you talked about X, Y, and Z. Right. Okay. But like, I have to go, did they not like it because they got offended right. or did they not like it? Cause I could have done something better. And maybe the answer is somewhere in between, but like people have to be in a place where they can handle that. And I do think you're right about being a little older. I actually have a theory on this. Like I think people hit a certain age and I won't say what it is. Cause I don't want to alienate. I think people hit a certain age and I just don't think they're as malleable anymore. Right. And, and I do think that comes back to the brain, right? Like the brain is super malleable for a very extended period of time until like those, those grooves in there and the way that things run, it's really, really hard to change them, you know, and yep. not, it's impossible, but it gets real, real hard. Yeah. <laughs> those habits are deeply yeah. wired. Yeah. I just think at some point it becomes, uh, the cost benefit analysis when you run it, it just doesn't make sense for people. Also, I think then people get to a place they're like, oh man, I've been screwing relationships up for several decades now, way more than I should be able to count. And like thinking about that, I just think it's a dangerous proposition for mental health too. So maybe just like right. the last cause back to your point. <laughs> well, and I, I think we find so much evidence for, I've always been this way. Oh, yeah, I've I same with when I opened up, I was like, I've always been an anxious person. So you find the evidence for all the anxiety and the ways you've been like that throughout your life. And that becomes a part of your identity. So, yeah, it's like, it, you're right. You know, it's easier sometimes to accept that because it's a part of our homeostasis. We don't sometimes want to be successful. That's why we self-sabotage which is so it's that subconscious mind it's so insidious how it comes up oh. with these things that block us it's like the rational mind is like no i want to do this and it's like no not safe this is not who we are <laughs> unsafe abort mission abort mission no no <laughs> 
So it, that's why it takes that deeper why and such a firm, strong decision and accountability for that matter, because it's just this repeating cycle that will come up in our lives over and over again, because our brain says that is how it's always been. And we need to rewrite the story and it's completely possible, but it takes such a firm decision. And yeah. this is not the rest of my life. I, mm-hmm. That happened to me before I met my husband. I had extremely emotional, emotionally abusive relationships. And I had this firm decision. And I was like, I am not doing this anymore. I was like, this is not my story. This is not my life. This is who I'm going to be with next. That is what I focused on. And that is what happened because it was such a strong decision. I was like, you have to put your foot down at some point and be like, this is not what my life is anymore. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, I'm going to reference back to what you, someone you mentioned earlier, but it sounds a little Gabby uh, Bernstein-esque, right? Because I mean, you ask in the universe answers, right? So when you say like, I am worthy of love and I deserve love and I am enough to be loved and all of those things, that is going to be returned to you. But I think we also have to be genuine in saying that. And people, a lot of times, to your point on their story, say, I am not. And so when you're giving that energy out to the universe, the universe is like, okay, you're not. Cool. Like, we won't do that for you, you know? But if you flip it and to your point, like become habitual about the way that we talk to ourselves and we speak out loud to others and all of that about ourselves or, or themselves, I think that fundamentally shifts all of those things for us too. So it is now it is tell me about, I know you've got some pretty, uh, pretty cool programs and ways people can reach out to you. Why don't you tell some of the folks out there in ether, how they can find you, what you're working on? Like, is there any way that they can get in touch with you in the not too distant future to get some mindset coaching and help? Absolutely. So you can check out my website, pictureperfectmind.com. Um, I do one-on-one coaching as well as work with organizations, not only in the Western New York area, but beyond. And I offer a lot of stress reduction, a lot of motivation stuff. I've been talking so much about overwhelm, procrastination, avoidance, everything our mind comes up with when we are facing really a ton of stress. And we all are, especially over the past two years. So If your staff could use this, I'm happy to help one-on-one coaching. Feel free to reach out to me, whether it's just one session or a package. Um, We can do meditation. We can do energy healing, basically a combination of whatever you're comfortable with. But at the end of the day, we're going to get you back in touch with your intuition and your power and your inner knowing, which you've always had and you always will have. I love it. Well, um, this has been a wonderful talk about, you know, awareness and accountability and consistency and dedication and all of the things that I think are so important to moving our balls forward every single day. So Lindsay, thank you so much for, for joining us this week. It's, uh, it's been a joy. And uh, for all of you out there, we'll drop into the notes how you can reach out to Lindsay and, and some of the books that we referenced here in case you're interested in those.
I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. But before we skip off to next week, I want to quickly touch base on our book club and the second book of this month, which is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Uh, I actually just came to find out that this is one of Barnes and Noble books of the year. Uh, so if you don't believe me that it's a great book, maybe you believe them, I don't know. But uh, I love this book for awareness for so many reasons. You know, as you take the journey with the protagonist main character here, who happens to be a lawyer, pushing a pace, driving at outcomes at all costs, this dude is blissfully unaware of what is happening around him, uh, how he's coming off to others. And maybe he's unaware and maybe he doesn't care, but I'll leave that for you to decide. But <laughs> it is just comical listening to him sort of move through his journey and you're just like, how are you unaware of all of these things? But I challenge you as you're reading the book, you know, have you ever been the person who's been head down working so hard, so fast, pushing at a goal or pushing a pace that you too have been the person who is blissfully unaware of how you're coming across or interacting with others? Are you unaware of the relationships around you? Um, or even if you are aware, have you been completely ignoring them at the uh, cost of trying to get things done? So I challenge you to give this week's book a read. It's a super easy read, fun read. Um, you will laugh. I am a crier, so I definitely cried. And I'm excited for you to uh, dig into it if fiction is your jam. So as always, thanks for listening. And don't forget, don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. If you haven't yet, subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow Be Boulder and myself on Insta at Be Boulder Cast and me personally at Legally underscore Limbs. You can watch this episode on YouTube and subscribe to our new companion newsletter, Be Boulder Bibliosofts, in the show notes. We'll see you back here next Tuesday.